Hi, it's Greg and Lucky. And this is our podcast. If you don't catch us from 5 to 9, this is what you missed. I know what I'm doing this weekend. I'm eating me a lot of Chapman's ice cream sandwiches. Funny, I had one last night. Oh, they're so good. They have, uh, like, there's like a, a peppermint one mm, for Christmas mm-hmm, with a little mm-hmm. like, candy cane piece. Tell me more. Mm-hmm. Very good. Mm-hmm. I highly recommend. It's been a long time since I've lied in bed with ice cream sandwiches, but I think it's going to happen again. Beauty of Chapman's, too, is they make a kid size one. Oh, like yeah? A little mini one. Oh, yeah? So you eat, like, three of them. <laughs> That's your same theory with the Oreo Thins. Yeah, you don't feel as guilty. <laughs> so I don't know if you've heard this story, but Chapman's Ice Cream is a family-run business here in Ontario. Markdale, Yeah, Ontario. I think up near Owen Sound, that area, I believe. Um, and they have been there for a very long time. And they're uh, huge in the community. They employ over 800 people. Uh, they do a ton of charity work. They donated a bunch of money to the local School board to help the school stay open. Yeah, they were going to, I guess they were going to close the local school and bus kids to mm. another community, and they donated the money to keep the school open to yeah. make the changes they needed. Amazing. And uh, so, like so many food processing places, they've had to deal with COVID. Certainly, we've heard stories of um, big COVID breakouts in, in food processing plants. And so, uh, they came up with an idea because they've they've got uh, they think about ten to fifteen percent of their staff is unvaccinated, and so what they've been doing is instead of giving people kind of that six weeks to get it done or or uh, you know uh, unpaid leave and then firing, they uh, they decided okay here's what we're going to do we're going to once a week do uh, the the rapid tests on the unvaccinated and then they can keep working if they don't show a positive test now who pays for that test chapman's comes out of their pocket so then they started thinking well this is a little unfair in that we're going to pocket for this for the unvaxxed not doing anything for the vaxxed so they did the math and figured out that a one dollar an hour raise which is a lot of dough when you're talking about 800 employees right one dollar an hour raise will go to those who are vaccinated and they'll keep paying for the tests for the unvaccinated. Okay, so the offset. Yeah. So, what's wrong with that? Well, of course, the unvaxxed are pissed that they're not getting the $1 extra an hour raise. And and so what they've done is they've started this protest against Chapman's. And there's a a gentleman who runs the company, Ashley Chapman. His parents owned it, and now he has taken it over. Right. He says the anger online towards his company and his family is horrible. He says he's getting threats. People are telling him that they hope him and his family die of cancer. What? They, they hope Chapman's burns to the ground. Chapman's did burn to yeah. the ground years ago, actually. Yeah. They had a massive fire at that facility. And, uh, you know, it took, I think, a year or two to rebuild it. But the family, out of their own pocket, paid the employees' salaries to keep them paid and employed while they rebuilt the factory. Yeah, uh, it, just an incredible story. Uh, and it's it's just shocking. Like, who in their right mind sits down to send an email? And I know we all get, we get, to, we get to tough when we're on our keyboard. But whoever says, I hope you and your family die of cancer. Right. These people who don't want to take the vaccine because they're worried about what it'll do to them, Want somebody else to get sick and die? Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I you know you don't want to take it. Fine, don't take it. I, I don't care. I I decided to take it. You don't want to take it. I've got people in my life who who haven't taken it. I'm still friends with them. I talk to them. I don't care. Who does this? Who does this? Well, especially when 
you know, the, the company had kind of gone out of their way to give them an option, right? Mm. And instead of just saying, hey, you can't work here anymore. It's like, all right, well, we'll pay, but you have to get tested. Mm-hmm. This is what you have to do in order to, in order to keep your job. It, it, it sounded like they did everything they could to make things fair and, and just trying to be the good guy in all this, which is something that the company has kind of, uh, you know, had a, a reputation of doing for years, mm-hmm. is trying to, to be the good guy, a family-owned and operated business in a community that keeps their community going. Yeah, this Ashley uh, Chapman says, look, we're just trying to find a middle ground in this whole thing. He says, we're just trying to give a little compassion to the people that are unvaccinated and not treat them like they're lepers or something. And the anti-vaxxers have decided that we should be punished for not doing exactly what they think is right. Right. You're just trying to, you can't win. So anyhow, there's a, a big push now. Uh, there's like a hashtag and a, and a movement going for, for Chapman's ice cream. All right. Yeah. So well, get I'm bored. bored. Yeah. I got to eat more ice cream? Hashtag stand with Chapman is, is what it is. And if that means I got to sit and devour a box of ice cream sandwiches, I'll take one for Chapman. Netflix has decided, and I, I think they used to keep this pretty close to the chest, but uh, now they've decided to release a list, uh, a list of its most popular TV shows and movies of all time. By the amount of hours they have been viewed. Oh. And I don't know that this one can ever be beat. It's just so far ahead of everything else in its Squid Game at 1.6 billion hours viewed. Hours? Yeah. Bridgerton wow. is second at 625 million. So okay. It's got a ways to go. Almost I c- three times. Yeah, you wondered, like, they are going to do Squid Game 2, obviously. Um, they'd be fools not to at this stage. And you wonder, could it ever live up to what the first Squid Game and those kind of numbers? But, uh, of course, with uh, Netflix, your children's children will have children by the time Squid Game <laughs> 2 comes along. <laughs> it raked in a little more, a few yeah. more of those fees. And and on top of the fact that it's a, you know, a dubbed, it's a Korean show. Like, it's amazing. All the content that comes out of North America. Right. And so much of it is terrific. And this little show out of Korea just has taken over the world. Yeah, well, and I think that's a big part of it, too, is the fact that, you know, it being from Korea, it's got an in on the Asian market mm-hmm. right away. I mean, we're so quick to look at shows here that we like and, and think, oh, man, like, I love Yellowstone. How, you know, mm-hmm. that must be the most popular show in the world. And mm-hmm. then... Uh, no, like, you know, not not all of the world is interested in Downton Abbey or <laughs> you know, right. what, what royal life is like. It's why they got away from that yeah. regime a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. And so, you know, and, and, you know, as much as we think our shows are popular here, do they translate to the Asian market, you know? Tiger King 2 just came out. <laughs> Can't imagine that. <laughs> I mean, like the Seinfeld bit, yeah. like trying to sell the show to Jap- Japan with oranges, right? Like, you know, it's just, there's a guy looking at it over there going, like, I got a tiger in my backyard. Right. What the hell's wrong with this they, guy? They use tigers as pets for <laughs> schools. You have to take one home for the weekend. Uh, now, speaking of, of, of uh, Tigers and Tiger King and all that, Carol Baskin was on a Ask Me Anything chat on Reddit. Okay. That's courageous of her. And someone asked her one of the first questions, what happened to your missing husband? Right. And she answered, got to give her props. She says, here's my theory. He crashed a plane in the Gulf of Mexico. She says he wasn't licensed to fly, yet he did all the time. He couldn't file a flight plan and had to take off from closed airports to evade detection. He had to fly under 200 feet to stay off the radar, 
which means he would typically fly out over the Gulf because the air was smoother there, whereas over land there are up-and-down drafts that will crash you at that height. Uh, since phone records indicate he was planning to go to Texas and his van was found at a small private airstrip, and they've never found his wreckage, uh, she thinks it's the most likely scenario. So that's, right. she's still going with that. Yeah, she's had a lot of time to come up with that. Yeah. If, yeah. You're, a, if you're a conspiracy theorist with Carol Baskin. Yeah. And I guess they're doing a Tiger King 2 with her, right? Well, yeah. Uh, was she? No, she wasn't a part of this one, right? I'm not sure. I can't remember. She's she trying to it. stop it, maybe. Right. I can't remember. Yeah, she was remember. upset with it. So yeah. she might have been in it or depicted in it, but yeah. not, not happy with it. So. But uh, listen, I mean, as if that story couldn't get any crazier. Mm. <laughs> she's got a theory, and she's still talking about it. So you haven't, you saw the first episode of what? Of, of uh, Squid Game. Yeah, I haven't seen it. I haven't watched the whole thing. So you and I could play uh, tug, tug, tug of War. You and I could do that. <laughs> Careful. Make sure you, you say it's Tug of War. You're not, not going to go play Tug anytime soon. Different version. Yeah. <laughs> and one of us will want to be dead after that. Finally got a chance to watch the uh, 2021 Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductions. Foo Fighters going in, LL Cool J, uh, Tina Turner, Jay-Z, Carol King, amongst others. Craft work as well. And uh, a couple of thoughts on it. Um, so Paul McCartney, he, um, he inducted the uh, Foo Fighters. And his speech was a, a, a little odd in that he spent some time comparing himself to Dave Grohl. <laughs> which, you know, you're supposed to be spotlighting. I was in a little bad yeah. once. I, yeah, well, he, what he did was this whole thing about, you know, I had a band, and we had tragedy, and I carried on, and so did Dave. A little different in that Dave's band broke up because their lead singer committed suicide. Right. John Lennon, yes, he did die, but like 20 years after you broke up. Right. You know. Gotcha. A- anyhow, it, that, that's all fine. And, and let me, you know, let me say this. I like Paul McCartney. I mean, who, who can't like Paul McCartney? He was a Beatle, for crying out loud. I'll watch this Let It Be documentary for sure. Of course, they were... They are considered probably the most important rock and roll band of all time. Um, So at the end, uh, Paul performs with the Foo Fighters. They do one song. They do Get Back. Normally with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductions, you know, a bunch of different artists who have been inducted get together for a jam. Yes. Maybe because of COVID. They didn't do the massive jam. They didn't do the massive jam. Leading up to to this performance, uh, you had... um, Taylor Swift come out and sing a Carol King song. Right. You had um, Jennifer Hudson come out and sing a Carol King song. Uh, you had Christina Aguilera come out and perform a, a Tina Turner song. LL Cool J performed with uh, Eminem and uh, J Lo. For Jay Z, right? Uh, no, just for his own induction. Oh, right. For LL Cool J, yeah. And I don't know that I've ever seen LL Cool J perform live I'm sure because he hasn't really had a hit in a long time I forgot how many hits he had he's really good live nice it was he I thought he was the best performance of the night Jay-Z didn't perform he just spoke for a very long time (laughs) between him and Dave Chappelle um and so when you're stacked up against that younger talent although LL Cool J's probably in his 50s now as is J-Lo uh Boy, tough, tough act to follow. And Sir Paul just looked really tired and frail. Oh. Like, as much as he is who he is, at some point, maybe, it, it's time to 
to hang it up. Now, I, I saw him in concert you know, decades ago now. Maybe one of the best concerts I ever saw. Of course, it's Paul McCartney. But boy, you know, or maybe the Foos just should have done their own thing. Yeah, you I, know? I think it's odd that they, you know, did a Beatles song with Paul. Well, they did their own set. Right. And then he joined them at the end for one Beatles song. Right. And again, okay, tough to judge one song, you know. But he, he just, he just he, it, was, it was boring. It was just boring, huh? you know, compared to what had occurred. Yeah. Like, Jennifer Hudson, I, I swear, she, she might be better than, uh, than Whitney Houston. Like, <laughs> she, chilling. Like, you know when you get the goosebumps? Yeah. Chilling. Yeah. Christina Aguilera singing uh, River Deep Mountain High. Un- like, gospel. Right. You know. And then it's just, get back. Well, I mean, get back. I was going to say, get back is a pretty repetitive song, yeah. too. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> there's not a heck of a lot going on. I man. understand he wants him to get back to where he once belonged. Right. I, I, that's the gist. <laughs> I think. Uh, somewhere in the 30th or 40th time <laughs> that they repeat that. The, the Beatles and Paul are guilty of that. Right. Hey, Jude. Yeah. <laughs> okay, cut it. Edit. Nah. Let's move nah, on. Nah, nah, <laughs> nah. There, nah. I don't think this is surprising. A bunch of parents were asked about whether they think their kids are not thankful for what they have. And almost all parents with kids between the ages of 5 and 13 years old say they don't think their kids today appreciate what they have. Now, that being said, I think that's always been the case. I, I, I remember certainly my parents saying to me as a kid, you just don't appreciate anything. You know, I think that's just a go to line that the parents have. I will say, though, and this is not the kid's fault uh, at all. It's 100% the parents because most worry that they've given their child too much and they sometimes are embarrassed about how selfish their child acts. So, right. Look, uh, here's, I think, the difference between, see, even when I was a kid and, and, and children uh, to na- uh, now or even my kids uh, who are in their 20s, Maybe even, uh, you know, adults in their 30s. When, when I was growing up, if, if my family was doing anything, say we were going to go to Florida in the wintertime or something, I knew and heard just through conversation in the house that my parents were putting the money aside right. for that trip in the wintertime. I remember my dad putting in a new driveway and the conversations that went on for months about the cost of the driveway and how much they were putting away every month to pay for that driveway. Ah. We don't do that anymore. No. It, it all Kids don't hear it. They don't see it. It just shows up in the driveway. Oh, mine hear it from me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do they ever. Yeah. Uh, and I remind them constantly. Because there are a couple of things at play here for me. One is that with the hours we keep, my kids don't often see me work. Right. Right. It's right. not like, oh, we get home and dad's slaving away. They get home and I'm napping. Right. right. So they think they, it's a gravy train. They think, oh, well, this is easy. This stuff just shows up. Right. There's no work that's put into it right. in order to do it. I mean, they know I'm at work when I'm, you know, in, in the morning when they wake up, I'm not there. Right. But they don't really get a sense of when I'm up and, and, right. and what we do. Um, the other thing that I have, and, and I'm, I'm guilty of of thinking that of my kids is that they're they're not appreciative and that's something that drives me nuts mm. because I grew up as an only child mm-hmm. and uh, and and so right away when you meet people the first thing they find they say when you they find out you're an only child is oh you must be spoiled mm. right and I always take offense to that because they're probably right 
but... <laughs> oh, yeah, I've known you long yeah, enough. Yeah. I think you've led a pretty spoiled life. That's a hell of an assumption to make. <laughs> but, but to me, what I, what I didn't like about that is all of a sudden, right away, it, it to me gave the connotation that I wasn't appreciative of what I have. Yeah, right. it's not. Yeah, if you are right. spoiled, it's not to say that you don't appreciate what like, your parents. Gave I appreciate you. that you know my parents left a country with almost nothing, yeah. and, and and created something here, and I'm the beneficiary of it. Yeah. I, I appreciate that, right? Right, and I and and while I I look at my kids and I scream at them sometimes that you don't appreciate that you know the lights turn on, mm-hmm. everything works, Xbox, PlayStation, Wi-Fi, Internet, everything you got at the touch of your fingers, mm-hmm. you know, at this age. It is incredible, and it didn't just appear out of nowhere. People mm-hmm. had to pay for it, and you know, while they want to go on vacations and trips, uh, uh-uh. uh, you know, one we have to work in order to earn that, mm-hmm. uh, earn the time off to do that, and the money to pay for it all. Every now and then, I'm reminded when my kids meet other people, and we get comments back that, oh, you know, their manners are good, and like, mm-hmm. you know, when and those kind of things, you have to take a step back and go, all right, maybe they do get it mm-hmm. a bit, they appreciate. Yeah, I think I think that you know when you live with your own children and you don't have any other point of reference, right. there are probably other are other children who are a lot worse, you know, a lot worse, uh, selfish and and uh, and uh, ungrateful that, than yours are. I mean, there's just I think there's little tricks you can do uh, to kind of get kids to be a little more appreciative. You know, making sure they say please and thank you when they get anything mm-hmm. from anybody. Um, doing chores with the family, donating. You know, you you can go through their closet and say, you know, there's like so much clothes in here you never wear. Let's give them to a charity. Right. Um, Games and toys, the same yeah, thing. This type of yeah. thing. Any anything. Teddy bears, stuffies, that kind of thing. I don't. Yeah, all that that stuff needs to uh, to pass on. And 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 I and I think making them wait for stuff occasionally yeah. doesn't hurt. Right. I I know they want a new bike in the spring. But if you start letting them know kind of after Christmas or maybe it is their Chris, early Christmas gift so they have it for the spring. Right. Or you start saying to them, okay, well, a new bike costs $200, so we're going to be saving for that right. over the winter. Well, and the tough part about it is is that we don't use cash anymore. No. So I, it's, it's, they don't I, see it. I find it a lot more difficult now. Even, you know, the kids have a paper route, mm. but a lot of it is done by e-transfer. Mm-hmm. That they actually never see it. That's right. right? Yeah. Uh, you know, when we try to do things like, you know, the, okay, they want a new game, right? And they're like, well, can I use my paper route money? It's like, well, yes, but you don't have enough. Right. Right yet. You know, and, and let's talk about this. Or, you know, if you really want this thing, you know, and it's for the household, okay, well, I'll contribute a part of it, but mm-hmm. you have to mm-hmm. as well. And I try to keep some cash going with them so they get an understanding of, I have to give something up in mm-hmm. order to get something back, mm-hmm. right? And when it, everything's done electronically, it's tougher to grasp that these days. Well, and it's also tough as parents because we like the ego stroke and we like to pat ourselves on the back. Right. And we like to stand in our living room and we like to look at our children with all their toys and accessories. And we like to think, I gave them all that. Yeah. I'm, I'm, there's a power trip there. Uh, yeah. There's the a, funny thing is, though, is that a lot of us are doing it on a line of credit. Oh, and yeah. when kids do it, we are the line of credit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, for sure. The other thing that my dad did every month, and I remember it, and I'll, I'll mention it at my speech at his, <laughs> at his funeral, is I would hear him. He would say, he would announce to the family, and I've done it to my kids, um... It's bill paying time. You're going to hear some whimpering. <laughs> and I'd see him at the table with his head in his hands. I remember that clear as day.
We were just mentioning the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and uh, Taylor Swift uh, started the show off and inducted uh, Carol King. And it's funny, a lot of people were, oh, why Taylor Swift? Well, because between her and Adele, they, they probably have sold more records than everybody combined <laughs> in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. <laughs> Anyhow, and she will definitely end up there herself. She was inducting Carol King, and she um, she just set a new record herself. Uh, her new song, or new old song, uh, all too uh, all too well, is ten minutes and thirteen seconds long. It sets the record for the longest song to hit number one. It was American Pie like ten twelve or something like that? Eight so, minutes and forty two oh, seconds. Oh, yeah, and it it, se- it seems like ten minutes yeah, plus. Yeah. Uh, it held that spot for almost fifty years. It hit number one in nineteen seventy two. Really? So Don McLean uh, was very. Uh, gracious in handing that to send her a pie <laughs> he should have he should have so in now face pop radio now has their bathroom break song <laughs> that's right <laughs> classic radio always had american pie or the wreck of the edmund fitzgerald to lean on oh to be in pop radio now i mean you can only talk for 10 seconds in that oh, yeah. format anyway that's right now it's even shorter <laughs> you gotta get to the song i wonder if they are uh, i wonder if like pop top 40 radio is is uh, playing the full ten minute version because that that's that would be a meeting uh, between music directors and program directors. Like, are we doing this? Are we actually going to play this thing? If it's Taylor Swift, I guess you don't have a choice, right. really. You know, I remember like uh, I worked at a radio station when uh, Purple Rain, the soundtrack, came out, and Let's Go Crazy has the the big guitar solo at the end. Uh. And I remember there being big discussions about we should just edit that out. It's, right. it's a little too aggressive. Yeah. Well, Layla, another one too, mm-hmm. right? Where the keyboards. You, know, you want to do keep the piano at the end or not? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think some. Well, some songs like that do end up with a radio edit. Right. They give you a shorter version. That's funny with Layla. I, I knew program directors who would get upset if you didn't allow it to finish, even with the little birds chirping oh really at the end yeah like you had to let even that happen yeah I, I think by the time i saw goodfellas i didn't know that was layla <laughs> <laughs> i'd only heard the radio yeah. until then no no for sure <laughs> this is a good song what is oh wait a minute i've heard this for 30 years it goes on for a very long time very long yeah it is pretty good it's a shame uh, eric clapton is uh in the state he is these days I've heard about him all him and uh, all his of course anti-vax views so now a lot of his you know i guess left-leaning or liberal thinking friends have bailed on him so right him wow. and kid rock can go and play together somewhere oh, yeah. <laughs> this new kid rock song have you heard this with monster truck oh it's opinionated it's a big bag of poo is what it is <laughs> And I used to love Kid Rock. Like, I saw him open for Aerosmith years ago, and it's the only time that I've seen an opening act that I thought was better than the headliner. Mm. He, I, I was so impressed. I saw him a couple of times in Detroit. I, saw, I think uh, Rock and Roll Jesus is, like, just an amazing album. I think you can look at it one of two ways. It's either brilliant or or it's a, a bit of a cop-out. Yeah. Right? It's playing to your base, Yeah, right? And he is certainly playing to his base uh, when it comes to this one. And listen, the, the, the guy he follows and, and, and puts at the top of his list mm-hmm. uh, did exactly that. It was successful for him. So that's, that's the new norm now is, you know, play to your base. Yeah. And, you know, with a guy like him, it's, it's odd, too, because he is a great example who is just not black and white. There really is shades of gray with this guy because 
I remember hearing about all the great things he did for people in Michigan and Detroit, the money he donated, the events he attended, the things he did. There would be children, any any child dealing with any kind of disability, and he did this endlessly. If he got a, a note from the parents, he'd show up at like a restaurant where they're having a birthday for this kid, and he'd sing them happy birthday. Mm. Like, he's a really, somewhere in there is a really good dude. You know, and I, and I think that's part of the problem with our politics now, is that as soon as we see somebody as right or left, we just write them off. Right. Forget him. He's a jerk. He's left or he's right. He's a great example of a guy who's really kind of in the, you know, seems like he's in the middle. Right. Like he's got a heart. He just seems to have lost it recently. <laughs> well, or that heart just saw the paycheck. I guess so. Rock Mornings with, with Craig Venn and Lucky. 94.9 The Rock.